It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the BallQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products for uh, and organic remedies for a variety of ailments. That's Smoky Mountain Organics, four locations to serve you. Uh, they've got those three in Sevier County and, of course, the one in Knoxville, just down from Westtown Mall across from Trader Joe's. And you can always shop them online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. So our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics. Check them out. With Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubs. Guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip the order on these things. We're going to start at the bottom and work our way up today on the mailbag edition of the podcast. So out of the gate, we go to uh, go to or got orange, excuse me, is what that is, is got orange. He wants to know, Rob Lewis, I know you've gotten multiple questions as it relates to Rick's tournament record. Could it be the inability to consider changing when it comes to calling timeouts during a game when the other team goes on a run? I mean, that may work in the regular season, but during a tournament, that's a one and done. A 10-0 run may be the difference between winning and losing. What do you think are some of the factors in Rick Barnes having trouble advancing in the NCAA tournament? I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I've got no idea. I don't think it's as simple as timeouts. I mean, I'll, I'll stick my neck out and say that. But, again, I'm, I'm not trying to blow anybody off or, or be a you know, be a jerk. I mean, I have no clue. I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, however, you you follow hoops super closely. I mean, what do you yeah. think? I mean, and I mean, obviously, it's, it's happened, you know, it's happened a lot to him, so it makes you wonder. I, I do think there have been times when he was at Texas and times when he's been at Tennessee – his team was not playing their best basketball at the end of the year. I don't think this year was the case. There have been other times that the year Kyle Alexander gets hurt, if he doesn't hurt his hip, I can't imagine that they don't beat uh, Loyola Chicago in advance, and it's a different conversation that way. Um, you know, you don't shoot the basketball well. There's a variety of factors in there. I, I, don't, I don't know that it's one particular thing. I, I think Rick Barnes this year – I look at the SEC tournament, Rob. He, he was quick to call timeout if a run was coming. Um, and, and I know during the regular season, he will let those guys play it out a little bit more. That was not the case this year in the postseason. And um, no, He called a quick one against Michigan. I don't remember exactly what the circumstances right, were. But. And so, I, you know, I just think it's a variety of things, and part of it is not shooting the basketball well. I mean, you go look at that, that, that Houston team, Rob, they advanced because they shot it well, and then, you know, they're in the great or the Elite Eight game, and they can't throw it in the ocean with a bunch of open looks. They don't advance. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as the ball going in the basket. Michigan didn't shoot it nearly as well uh, in the Sweet 16 round as they did against Tennessee, and as a result, they went home. Did Was the defense any different that was played? I don't know that it was greatly different. Michigan just didn't make as many shots. Tennessee did not make the shots they needed to make against Michigan that's why they didn't advance. This one hurts more because of how well Tennessee was playing heading into uh, the uh, NCAA tournament and the expectations that that created. So, I, I, by the way, I, I love that you were getting ready to call him go-to range instead of got orange. Hey, man, sometimes reading's hard for me, all right? <laughs> e. Schaefer, 92, wants to know for you, Austin Price, out of the early enrollees, who on offense and defense is making the most noise so far? Uh, offensively, Chaz Nimrod. Defensively, Elijah Herring. Were you surprised that um, Joey Halsley talked about how mentally good 
Tavon and, and the players back uh, the players backed that up. Carvin backed that up. Did that surprise you at, at how not that not that not that he's not a smart guy. I don't mean that, but I mean to to basically have no bust through five practices. I know the full offense is not installed, but did that surprise you to hear that on on Wednesday? I mean, I guess a little bit. I mean, there's just a lot of verbiage there. You're handling a, a new workload as far as like learning how to practice, learning how to go to school, learning how to do things on your own without your parents. You know, I mean, if he was getting up on his own at, at home, like you have that nice safety net of having your mom and dad there. There's no safety net here. Um, so like you just have a lot more coming at you. Um, so, I mean, kudos to him. Well, and I think he probably feels a, a sense of urgency to, to be good you know, to, to make some noise now. I mean, he's fully aware of who's committed. There's no doubt about that. This is an opportunity to, to get ahead. He's got a year jump start. Right. And he wants to take full advantage of that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So, um, but he's been good. Um, Chaz Nimrod has made, made a lot of noise. Um, I continue to hear that they like Tyree West upside, how quickly it gets to that upside. I don't know. I don't know that he's an immediate help guy, uh, but I don't think he's done anything to, uh, hurt their belief on what they have with him long term. Just that's a hard pit position to make an early impact at when you talk about the, the defensive interior. Uh, UT Volunteers 1618, expecting an economic turndown at some point in the near future. How have Tennessee fund donations trended during the past turndowns uh, or downturns? Would you think it would be similar for Spire donations uh, and obviously for other collectives around the country? I don't think we know the answer to that. I don't, I don't yeah, I mean, we're, we're not fully there yet, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if, if your pocket is hit at home, you know, Spire or the Tennessee Fund are going to be one of those things that, you know, you, you weed out, you know, I mean, like, that's, that's just kind of natural. That's more, you know, fun spending money than it is like, you know, gotta spend money on, I mean, at least for most, I mean, there's going to be some that, you know, they give to, you know, Tennessee or to Spire or whatever, no matter what. AP, what's going first in the price household? The, the Spire donation or the Disney season passes? Um, well, there is no Spire donation. Oh, my bad. And, uh, but there are Disneyland season passes. So, you know, you know those can, won't be falling by the wayside until next year when they expire. Well, when, does I, Madden, when does Madden graduate? How long are you going to keep those? Well, but I mean, I, if, if, if things play out, then, you know, Madden's probably coming out this way to play as uh, – his junior and senior year. Dollywood season passes it, maybe. AP's always had Dollywood season passes. No, I'm not either. I'm not. You know, I, I think I think to answer the, to answer his question a little bit, Rob, I, I think when it comes to the, the big money donors, I, I don't think the financial impact of that is nearly what it is for someone no. who's buying a season ticket for his family or who might be making a, a just a monthly monetary donation to a collective. I think it's different when you're talking about people who are given seven figure donations versus yeah. I mean, a it's, guy who's given enough to get season tickets for his the, family. The 1951 club may, may take a hit in an economic downturn, but as far as like Spire's bottom line, they'll raise gas a, a penny a gallon at, at Pilot, and it'll be just, they'll be just fine. Let's go to Miller Boy 21. What's Brew McCoy's timetable? Awesome uh, I would price. I would venture to say Brew does something. Uh, when the semester wraps at uh, Southern Cal. So you think he announces something or shows up somewhere? No, I think he'll announce um, uh, after the semester wraps, unless something changes. All right. Brooks, 1972. 
Bronny James, keep hearing how the Vols has, has he's right at the top or they're in his top in his final four, et cetera. Any reason to get our hopes up, Rob Lewis? I, I mean, I, I could be completely in the dark here. I've never heard his name mentioned in Tennessee recruiting <laughs> ever. And again, may, there, I don't, I'm not omnipotent. Maybe, maybe it's going on and I don't know about it, but I've that's, never heard his name mentioned in a serious way. Well, it's like when I did, uh, you know, Greg McElroy and Cole Kubelik show in Birmingham after Nico committed. And they said, why would they take Nico's commitment? You know, you I mean, you, when you have, you know, the nephew of the, the greatest quarterback in Tennessee history, you know, still on the board and Tennessee's in that. I'm like, Tennessee's not in that at all. Like, I mean, like this whole note, I mean, like people come up with these notions that these things happen and they just don't, you know, I, that, I, I'm with Rob. I don't think Tennessee is in it for Bronny James and Bronny James will, you know, I, I would venture to say probably go to, you know, either Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky or Ohio state and, where he lives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, go, go play with his dad. I mean, how, how old is Bronny James? What, 16? He's a junior right now. He's a junior. So, I mean, there's a million things could change. And I, again, I mean, I'm not, I, I could completely be in the dark. He may he, show up. He right. may show up as a major target. Maybe I'm talking to the wrong people, but I've yeah. not, I've not heard that. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see there, but I'm with you. I, I just don't, it doesn't feel like there's any conversation or any dialogue or, or any real, noise out there that, that Tennessee's a, a real factor for that. Colorado not, Colorado Vol 98 wants to know, where do we stand with Big Vic Burley? Is Clemson still the other school since Bates is at Oklahoma now? Any DBs that have recently entered the portal that this staff is going to look at or is on their radar? Austin? Um, Tennessee Clemson at the top for Vic Burley. Um, Tennessee's trying to get him up here in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, that would be big just to kind of continue the – you know, the momentum you had from a month ago. And then DBs, uh, I don't think so. Like, Tennessee looked at Quincy Riley, but, I mean, like that, you know, he's, he's went to Ole Miss. And he's offered by North Carolina. So, that one, that one don't feel like it's necessarily trending. Um, and then I think Tennessee might have wanted to look at that FSU corner, but then, you know, he left FSU because his NIL deal wasn't good enough down there or whatever. So, just want to get, you know, those are those are ones you don't necessarily want to get in on when they're that vocal about it. Yeah, it's it's hard to get a feel on on Riley a little bit on Quincy Riley, isn't it? I mean, in terms of how much does Tennessee like him, how much does he like Tennessee? Kind of where's that one? You know, what I'm saying that that one's kind of quiet. It, it's hard to get a great feel for kind of. Um, Feels like if they took him hubs, it would be for depth purposes. Yeah, it seems like that a little bit. And uh, like you said, he's making other visits out there. Um, Anthron wants to know how fun of a month of April is it going to be in recruiting? Uh, are the Vols still in it for Steen, or is that cooled? And who's the first DB commit to pop? Um, I will go um, – yeah, it should be a really good month in the month of April. Uh, Tyler Steen does not feel like there's any traction there. And then I will go either uh, Brandon Strozier or Sylvester Smith. Does it feel like Steen just doesn't really kind of know where where he's going at this point? He's not taking a bunch of visits, to my knowledge, right? Well, no, he's no, he's went to Kentucky, Alabama, LSU. I mean, he's okay. went a bunch of places. And okay, and the Tennessee. He, does, he doesn't talk. Okay, the dad's out there talking, but the dad also said Tennessee wasn't in it, and then the first place he went and visited when things opened back up in March was Tennessee. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily trust what the dad's out there saying uh, just based off of that, but. 
you know, clearly the kid doesn't do a whole lot of talking himself, so who knows what the kid's thinking. But right now it doesn't feel like he's scheduled to come back and see Tennessee. Well, Tennessee. that's to me. If, if Tennessee's going to be a factor, to me he's coming back for an official visit. And that's not – we don't know of anything scheduled at that point, uh, at this point with that. Uh, this team obviously has the players to be ranked number one in the country, but do you think the baseball team has what it takes to win it all? I yeah, think, they, have, they have pitching and hitting. Well, they've got great pitching. I, I mean, and we can have this discussion. I worry more about their bullpen. Yeah, their bullpen at the end. I, I think that it feels to me like, in covering it for years, Rob, that, that winning the college baseball World Series might in some ways be the toughest championship to win once you get there. I mean, you know, I mean, if you get to the college football playoff, you got to win two games. Yes, you got to beat two good opponents. But if you get to that point, you're clearly extremely talented. In the NCAA basketball tournament, it's much more of a crapshoot, right? Bad day at the office. There's much more parity. It's a one and done situation. What you got to do to get to a college baseball regional, super regional, then to the College World Series and win it. I mean, that's a gauntlet. That's as hard of a test as there is in, in any college sport out there, in my opinion. What's the hard? You can't hide. Is what, I mean, like, you can get hot in in basketball and, and win it. I mean, you can – I don't want to say – I mean, football is a little different. Because, I mean, I think there's not going to be any imposters win the national championship. But, I mean, I think you can have some years where, you know, a couple years ago if Alabama and Clemson play – seven times. I mean, does Trevor Lawrence, does freshman Trevor Lawrence beat Nick Saban four times? Uh, you know, I don't know about that, but you can't hide the college world series. I mean, you're going to get your pick. You're going to get your pitching tested over the course of that week. You know, the bullpen AP just mentioned at some point in time, they're going to have to win the game for you. And well, that, yeah, that's, I, I agree that's why, that. well, they, they got to figure out what Tidwell's role is going to be. It, what's his role going to be? Is he going to be back in the starting rotation? He's back in the starting rotation. Is it is it Drew Beam that goes into long relief? Because at that point, you're, whatever you decide there will bolster the bullpen. Because if Beam or, or, or whoever is, is going to be that guy that comes in, you know, when things are not going well with the starting staff, then that gives you a real shot to kind of hold on in some games because of the quality of pitcher you're bringing in. Yeah, I mean, you just what if you have a weakness, it's going to be exposed over the course of a week in Omaha. I mean, if you can't hit, you know, if you're sneaking by, you know, with a, a weak batting order, you're going to run against a strong pitcher that's going to mow guys down. If you can't, you know, if, you, if your pitching's weak at some point in time, you, you're going to have to get a guy coming from the bullpen, give you two or three innings. And like I said, you just can't hide in Omaha, I don't think. Yeah, it, it's it, you're not going to win. You're not going to win a week and a half's worth of games in, in two-nothing fashion. You're also not going to win – a week and a half's worth of games, 16 to 14 either. I mean, you, you've got to have a combination of both. This team has shown that to this point and could get better on the mound, believe it or not, when they get everybody back healthy. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, most people around the country believe Tennessee is the number one team in the country, and it's not close right now. We'll see where that stands after a couple more weeks here, but it's certainly a terrific start for, for Tony Vitello's club for sure. Um, iHeartVols wants to know if Heupel doesn't accept Devin Hyatt's commitment, does that mean that fans should worry about Jalen Hyatt transferring Austin Price? Well, I mean, I, I think I think you, you have to worry about any kid in college football potentially transferring. I mean, that's what that's that's the era you're in. As a fan, you have to be very cognizant that your favorite player 
could get a hangnail, girlfriend break up with them, fellow science class, whatever, and end up going to the portal. Like that, that's just, that's, that's today's college football player. So, you know, love the school and cheer for the kids, but falling in love with a particular player is, is, is one of those situations where you can get your heart broke really quick, you know, just because, you know, kids are, kids are kids, man. I mean, like every week there's a rumor about this kid or that kid at this school or that school going to the portal. And, you know, sometimes it turns out to be true. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes kids are definitely gone. And then, no one really hears about it because they get pulled back off the ledge. So, you know, I, I, I'm not, that's, I know it's a long one answer and not really giving an answer, but I'm just saying like, you know, who knows? I mean, like they don't have to play together just because they're brothers. There's been plenty of instances where kids went and played elsewhere. Look at the Ojolari brothers. The you know, Ridley, the, the Ridley brothers. goes to Georgia, BJ goes to LSU. They ain't play together. Yeah. The Ridley brothers is exactly right. There, there you go. Yeah. Georgia and Alabama. Yep. I'll say this. I think for 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 Jalen Hyatt, it's more about his opportunity. How many balls is he going to get thrown his way? What's his what's he going to look like? What's his production going to look like? Than it is anything about his brother. I mean, he he knows the he knows the clock's ticking on his career, and, and he knows there's opportunities out there. Can he go take advantage of those opportunities and be productive in this offense? I think that's the first and foremost thing with him. And, and we'll see what that looks like coming out of spring. We'll see what that looks like with him in fall camp, getting and, ready for the season as well. Say, if, if they are turning down Devin Hyde's commitment, they've had a hell of a recruiting year at wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep, that's exactly right. I mean, th- things are going well. Things are definitely going well. And I don't know that they'll turn it down. It might be a situation they may not be ready to take something right now. We'll see what happens there uh, with, with, with Devin Hyatt and, and things. But I think yeah, for Jalen, yeah, it's more about Jalen for Jalen right now than it is his brother. Kids, they're willing to take – April 1st and kids that are willing to take April 8th can be two totally different things because literally by the week it can change college coaches, all of them. This isn't a Tennessee discussion. It's a basketball, football, whatever they, they, their minds in a lot of ways change like the wind at times. Yep. It does. And so, you know, and so what it looks like April 1st is certainly could be drastically different for what it looks like June 1st or July 1st. So, um, we'll see. Continue to follow his recruitment. Tennessee certainly um, having conversations there and, and continuing to be involved with him as well as many other wide receivers out there. Balls 31-31. Curious to hear about a couple of newcomers going through their first spring practice. I realize it's really early. Squirrel White, is his talent good enough to overcome his lack of size to get on the field early? And Desmond Williams, he's probably drinking through a fire hose at this point, but athletically, does he have the skill set to lock down a corner spot? Uh, you know, they haven't scrimmaged yet, so we'll see what Desmond Williams does. I mean, he, he's trying to figure out, you know, fast-paced offense. He's trying to get lined up. Um, I do think athletically he looks good. I think he's a solid um, student of the game. I think he's going to know the offense. I think he's going to have every opportunity. I think the, the evaluation on him, Austin, for me, is going to be what's he? where's he at another week from now? Um, two scrimmages under his belt when things are slowing down for him because it is really fast for him right now. Well, right. you just got to get acclimated. I mean, it, it's yeah. as simple as that. I mean, the speed of the game for all these guys that are new is, is one thing. I will say this. I think it's a lot easier. The speed of the game in college is totally different than JUCO or high school, period. But, like, I think the way Tennessee plays defense, it's much more doable. If one of these offensive guys trying to grasp, you know, the, the difference in speed of the game and then the speed of which the offense goes at Tennessee is like double whammy. Yes, I think so. I like Squirrel White athletically. 
I want to hear results of him in scrimmage when he gets knocked around because he's not the biggest guy in the world. But he's going to be hard to get his hands on because yeah. he's very shifty for sure. Um, <clears throat> um, the Artful Dodgers, Sylvester Smith, ball lean AP? Yes. Okay. Um, prospects come off the board in April. Got a couple of guesses there. You said no. you said you you've you said that you you thought there might be a couple guys. I mean, I mean maybe, the ones that have, okay, like Sylvester Smith has announced a commitment date of what April twenty fifth or whatever twenty sixth. Right. Like you know, like so you know he's come you know he's supposed to come off the board this month. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say other like I, again like you know I just I, I think there'll be multiple commits this month. That's okay. the easiest way to put it. I don't because if I if I say the kid's name, that's giving away stuff. That ain't fair. All right, Uptown Vol, over under on nine football wins this season, Rob Lewis. I wouldn't go over, but I think nine's doable. I mean, got to win that Pittsburgh game and the Florida game. If, if, I agree. September's huge. It's huge. If you exit the bye week going to LSU as an undefeated football team, you have a real chance. No, I'm not saying to win the, uh, win the East and go to Atlanta, but to get to plateaus you've not been able to get. I mean, get if you want to count the bowl game, I would. I think over. I might. I might go over. But I mean, I think they lose to Georgia, Alabama. I, I don't think they're ready for that yet. I mean, I think they're getting closer. But I mean, can you confidently say that they're going to run the, the table on the other ten? I mean, they could win all ten of those, but it, you know, just a slip up in in one game. Could, I mean, for the first time in a long time, though, somebody could say they're going to win ten, and I wouldn't say you're an idiot. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think nine's doable, but I'll take the under at this point in time. That's right. Negative hubs added again, right, AP? No, I mean, I just think that's natural, though, hubs. I mean, Hubbard's got to go in six and six. <laughs> well, again. I've got to, hey, I've got to see him beat Florida because this program's been better than Florida a lot more times than not the last few years that they've gotten beat. I think LSU's got a chance to be the most improved football team in the league. And I think going down there is a hard challenge for Tennessee. I'm with you, AP. I think that Pittsburgh game is huge, which sets up a huge game with Florida. Can they get it done against a team that everybody's going to say Tennessee's better than and they should win, which we've heard that before the last 20 years? Yes, 100%. Now, I think it is lucky. You know, you didn't take care of the business, you know, when, when Ron Zook got here, um, you know, in 02, but you, you have this game at home. And that goes to me. That's a big deal. Not having to go to the swamp in the first year for Billy Napier. You're the, you should be the favorite to win that game. So having it at home is big. I think the month of September will tell you whether you're getting to over or or will not. You don't have to go down there and face that army in Gainesville that Billy Napier brought with him. Yeah, this <laughs> army of UCs, GAs, and sports staff. The Deshaun thir- or Deshaun thirteen. Uh, do you feel Nico has the skill set to start in the SEC? If so, what separates him? from other volleyball stars who have tried to do it at Tennessee. I'll refer to the last question to Paul Fortenberry to break down Woody Quinn. We'll try to get Paul on the uh, podcast here in a couple of weeks to compare their volleyball games. Uh, you've seen Nico's skill set in terms of throwing the ball, AP. What, what do you like about his skill set? Smooth. You make all the throws. You know, quick release. I, I, that was the one thing his, his quarterback coach, you know, talked to me about was just his quick release, and he does. I mean, he can – he gets it out, you know, and so, you know, he, he throws a really good football. Again, I go back to what I told you, you know, when we were talking about it right when he was committing. 
John Bryce and I watched Jarrett Garantano work out in New Jersey, and Jarrett can make all the throws. What's Nico like mentally? I don't know. I've not been in that room. I can't tell you what he talks about. And even if I was in the room, I probably still couldn't tell you if he's going to be a success or not from the mental side of things. But from a physical standpoint, he he can do everything you want. Uh, all ball. How about the the different? I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, you're you said good. AP, you send AP to California. He comes back with with a Nico video. He, he comes back with seven on seven footage when Paul Fortenberry went out there and, and had video of Woody Quinn playing beach volleyball. In uh, a workout, it's just it's Paul, night Paul, night. Paul would never have taken night vacation. Difference. Paul would have never taken vacation time with the family and went and did work. <laughs> I can promise you that. Nah, let's let's be kind to Paul now, but we would <laughs> we'll let him break down Woody Quinn <clears throat> at some point on the podcast. Um, I think we hit on this, but I'll reiterate it. All of all, recruiting before he commit, committed, there were some rumblings that his family would follow. After he committed, there were some rumblings that if it happened, it would be Knoxville or Nashville. Have you heard anything to that? You still think there's a chance that they come this way, right, AP? Oh, yeah, and, and, and I, I would lean Nashville over Knoxville. That's a good distance away. I mean, even like, again, not to bring up Jared again, because I'm not sure if all fans want to go down that road, but, you know, when Jared's family moved from New Jersey, they moved to Atlanta. So they were much closer to Jared. They could come to all the games, but they were far enough away to have distance, you know, where they weren't like, you know, up here amongst it all the time. So, I mean, I think Nashville's a good kind of like two-and-a-half-hour buffer, you know, can get over here really easily if they need to. Yeah, make, makes sense. Um, J.L. Tucker, what does the wide receiver board and the old line board look like to you based on the Vols' current pursuits? Well, I mean, I think Tennessee would like to close strong in state. You know, I think they'd love to add Trevor Duncan. They would love to add Bryson Sanders, um, you know, on the offensive line. You know, the, you know, you, you got some other guys that Tennessee's actively recruiting you know, on the offensive line. And, and, and what, you know, LRB's looking for in this class Obviously, they want to get tackle bodies, but you know, you know that, that he likes Lucas Simmons, loves Stanton Rammel, who will be here this weekend, um, and, and and then uh, Wilkin Formby, um, all also right there, and then they will keep swinging some guys, you know, like the Pendleton kid from North Carolina. They he since he didn't make his top five or whatever, but they'll keep swinging there. They'll see if they can climb back in it. And then was it the wide receiver board? Yeah. Well, first of all, before you get to wide receivers. You surprised? I'm, I was surprised that Tennessee didn't make the final five or the top five for Pendleton, based on the conversation I had with him when he left town here the last time. Were you surprised? Yeah, because he was, was fresh off that visit. Yeah, you know, I was a little surprised um, by that. Yeah, wide receiver board. I mean, I've, I've, I've done something. I break that one down. I mean, it's Noel Rogers, Cornell Tate, Tyler Casper's top three. Like those are above, way above everybody else. Um, after that, you've got a, a pod of like Shamar Porter. Justin Brown, um, Devin Cameron, uh, Devin Hyatt, Cameron, um, uh, good gosh, what's his, his last name? Kids from Virginia. Um, uh, you know, that's that's something that, you know, Tennessee's going to keep swinging at some kids. But, like, right now it's kind of see where they are, you know, with those top guys and then work your way down from there. All right, Sam Smith, 22-33. Is the staff going to go all in for Scott Clark? And how do the Vols look at his recruitment? And was there any thought of Nico pulling a Quinn Evers and skipping his senior year of high school? Uh, start with Sky Clark. No, I mean, I posted a pretty extensive update on the board Monday night. And no, the staff is not going all in on Sky Clark. They're recruiting him. They're, they, they've met with him. 
they've talked with him. They're doing homework. Um, not all in. Well short of all in. What kind of homework are they doing? I mean, why did he de- why did he decommit from Kentucky, and why was Kentucky why did Kentucky break land speed records and giving him a release? As soon as as soon as possible. Yeah, you know? that's probably a good point. The latter part being the the thing that would wake me up. Uh, as far as Nico, um, no, Nico at one point was going to transfer to play for Casey Clawson, um, which was what it was never that when I when I kept saying that there's going to be Tennessee ties around him, that that was always going to be the case if he ended up playing for Casey. That ended up not being the case. He went back to Long Beach, um, but, uh, it but was never. never gave, and he's never given consideration of skipping his senior year of high school and going to college. That's never. No, been no, correct. That's right. That's never right. Been discussed there, Rob. On the basketball transfer, um, big man and a guard. You think that they, they would like to go too? Is that what they I think like they to would? Do? I mean, right now, I mean, they would like to go to ideally, but room. I mean, where are they going to go? I mean, and. You know what movement is going to be out there? I mean, I, I don't think Santiago is going to get drafted by the right. NBA, but could Santiago go overseas? I know that's a question you know people on on the message board ask kind of frequently. I mean, I've not heard that, but I also wouldn't rule it out. I mean, if he's going to get, you know, because and a big consideration there is like as a kid on a student visa, he can't get NIL money. Right. I mean, you know, if he if he could, that might be a different story. But if he could get a you know, Spain or Germany and make $400,000 next year. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to do that. I'm saying if, if you're talking about where's the, where's the space going to come from? Cause Tennessee's out there. I mean, they're, they're recruiting Julian Phillips hard. The five-star right. kid that decommitted They're in the transfer portal hard after Brandon Murray, the kid that just committed for decommitted from, or not decommitted, but is transferring from LSU. I mean, so they're, they're and, and they're talking to Sky Clark who we just, just mentioned, so I mean they're and, and they have one spot right now. Well, if you're Vescovy, why would you why would you give up leading the three legged uh, three legged race with Vol Leaders program in the indoor like he was leading yesterday in the in the hacky sack toss for four hundred grand to play in Uruguay? It wouldn't be. I don't think it would be Uruguay. I think it would be like Madrid, Barcelona. Whatever you know what I mean. Like yeah. I mean, like I just can't give that three legged race is oh, no come joke. On. I I think. I think the bigger question is if you're if you're if you're Santi Rob, I, I think you've got to look at where do you think you are a year from now. Yeah, and, and again, let me make it clear. I'm not saying he's leaving. Right. I'm just saying the, the staff is recruiting like somebody's leaving. Like but basically, guys. you've got BHH leaving and Santiago leaving. Gotcha. I do not have. I've been I've been more than clear that I do not have Brandon leaving. I just something. I would keep an eye on that until sh- until he shows up the first day of summer school. So they've got wow. one. They've got one spot now. Kennedy would be a second spot, Rob. Oh, I'm counting Kennedy as gone. You're counting Kennedy as. If Kennedy's got one spot, okay. with Kennedy gone. <laughs> I got you. I'm just making sure with 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 Victor Bailey. If Kennedy comes back, they got no spots. Okay, I was just making sure my my numbers were right since Victor Bailey did go into the transfer portal. Um, so of the mailbag podcast presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics for. Austin Price and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest. VolQuest.